Welcome to the East Memorial Student Podcast, your source for the biblical teaching of East Memorial Student Ministries. I'm your host, Matthew Ronsky, pastor of Students and Discipleship at East Memorial Baptist Church in Prattville, Alabama. All right, okay, so what we're going to talk about today is a topic about, well, it's called divination. Has anyone heard that term before? Divination? A few hands go up. Who has not heard the term divination? Okay, a few, maybe a few more hands. Okay, so in Daniel chapter 1, verse 20 specifically, there is a mention of Babylonian magicians and conjurers, all of whom Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah surpassed in knowledge and wisdom. Now, these magicians and conjurers are going to play a, an important role in Daniel 2, and we were introduced to them in Daniel 1. So this morning, I want to give you some more background about the topic of divination, which is something that these magicians and conjurers would have practiced and would have been very common in the, the Babylonian Empire, especially in the king's court or the king's palace in those days. So what is divination for those that have not heard it? Let me give you a definition. So divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. So the practice of seeking knowledge about the future or something that is unknown by supernatural means. So it could include, for example, fortune telling. It could include trying to communicate with the dead or with spirits. It could include looking for omens or signs, uh, for example, with birds or animals. So in the ancient world, if, if certain birds were seen flying in the air, that, that could be considered an omen of some sort. Or even they would take sometimes the, the, the guts of an animal and lay it out in a certain way, and that would supposedly give you um, a, a sign. Uh, there's a really fancy word for that. If my memory is correct, I think it's like extapacy or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but there's, there's a fancy word for that. But uh, they could do that. Uh, it, it also include, uh, and this is the big one that we'll talk about today, it could also include trying to read signs from the positions and movements of the sun, moon, planets, and stars. So in, in the term for this that might be familiar to you would be astrology. Astrology, okay? So trying to read signs from the positions and movements of the sun, moon, planets, and stars. And this last form of divination, astrology, was very popular in the Babylonian Empire. In fact, all these magicians and these conjurers, all these people that were being trained by King Nebuchadnezzar, they would have been trained in this practice. They would have been trained on how to read star maps, how to make calculations of different things, you know, reading ancient literature from their, even from their perspective in the day, you know, things that, are, that were 1,000, 2,000 years old, even, even at this time in the, in the Babylonian Empire. They would have been studying all these things, trying to use the sun, the moon, the stars, planets to tell the future or you know, find out if, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have success in this battle or the crops are going to do well, you know, this year, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the, a broad overview of at least what divination is. Now I want to give you some background, biblically speaking, 
about divination, especially this last form of astrology. So to, to begin, if you're in your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 1. And I just want to read verse 14 to you all. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. And it says here, then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So this is talking, of course, when God makes the, the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, everything in the celestial heavens, everything in space, God puts all of those things there and he gives the reason and part of it is to, well, we know from another verse that the sun and the moon, they're going to govern the light, the difference between day and, and, and nighttime. Um, but also, as it says here, that, that they will serve as signs and for seasons and for days and years. Now, regarding this function of the different, what we call the celestial bodies, the sun, moon, planets, and stars, this function, some, or at least some of these functions, are fairly well known to us even, even today. So, for example, we know that days and years are measured by the Earth's movement around the sun, right? And any, anybody that has a solar calendar, that's, that's where that's coming from. Also, uh, calendars can be based on the moon's rotation around the Earth, the lunar cycle, and those would be called lunar calendars. And in the ancient world, oftentimes the lunar calendars were more popular than the solar ca calendars. So we, we know that function of the moon and the, of the, the moon and the sun, especially. Regarding seasons, we know that Earth's rotational angle in relation to the sun determines the seasons. Um, also, different constellations will appear in the night sky at different times of the year. So that will indicate different seasons as well. Also, we know, uh, scientists know now today that the sun and the moon have a direct effect on Earth's weather. So there's also an impact on the seasons from those celestial bodies. And, uh, and so these functions also, uh, stars can be used to navigate, right? We have the northern star. Anyone know how to find the northern star? No? Isn't it the big, is it the big dipper? Do you take the big dipper and you follow the, like the handle and it should, right? Is that right? Or is it the, or is it like the corner of the base? Maybe the corner of the bowl. Yeah, but okay. But so you know that you know ancient ship people, sailors, they would use the stars to navigate. Uh, you could you know find out north and so forth. All right. So we understand some of these functions of the the celestial bodies. Now, what is less known is how the celestial bodies can be used for divine signs divine signs. And there, is, um, ex there are examples of these in Scripture where God will manipulate the sun, the moon, and the stars to demonstrate his power or to signal a significant event. So for example, we're not going to go to the passages, but I'll just list them and I'll give you the references if you're taking notes. So there in Joshua 10 verses 12 to 15, there's the, the event where, where Joshua tells the, the sun to basically stand in its place uh, right after they, they win an important battle. And, uh, 
and it mentions that this is the one time that God listened to man in this regard. And so God caused the sun to just stay where it was the entire day, just, just stayed in one place. And, um, and of course, you know, it mentions there that it's nothing like it has ever happened since. And there it was signaling that God was in fact fighting on behalf of Israel. By God listening to Joshua, and you could probably argue that the Holy Spirit maybe was even communicating through Joshua to make this event happen, God was signaling that he was in fact the one who was fighting on behalf of Israel. And that's why he demonstrated this, this very miraculous supernatural sign with the sun. Another event which is similar but slightly different, in Isaiah 38, verses 6 to 9, you have a situation where God causes the sun to move backwards a little bit. So it's like he kind of pushes it backwards, causes the shadows to reverse. And he did this in order to prove that he would fulfill a promise that he was making to King Hezekiah at the time, that he would defeat the Assyrians, defend the city, give you know, add years on to Hezekiah's life, you know, so this, this, this moving the sun backwards slightly served to prove that, hey, I'm going to fulfill what I say and I have the power to do it. Look at what I just did to the sun. So that's another example. Okay, a third example is in uh, Joel 2, verse 31, and also Matthew 20, ver- 24, verse 29. There is a mention of the sun being turned to darkness and the moon turning red in the future. And this future sign, uh, it says in those passages, it will signal the beginning of what is known as the day of the Lord. And, and the day of the Lord is a time when God will pour out his wrath on the entire world right before the return of Jesus. So that's what the day of the Lord is. It's a day of God's wrath, day of God's judgment upon the inhabitants of the world right before Jesus returns. And right before that day begins, that time of judgment begins, it mentions that the sun is going to turn black, the moon will turn red, even other places. Like basically it's like, you know, it'll be, I mean, we don't know when it will happen, but it'd be like if you can imagine if it's like 12, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon and all of a sudden like pitch black. You know, then the, then the moon, when the moon comes out, well, you know, you, you would see it if, it if there wasn't any sunlight, the moon will be red, you know, and there won't be any, you know, any lights, you know, be completely, and this will be global, be worldwide. And so this, as we see, this is an example of God in the future will use these signs in the heavens to signal that something is about to happen. And for the wicked people, it, it is meant to be terrifying. For the righteous people who live on the earth in that day, it signals their rescue and their deliverance. And so it's a good sign for the righteous. But these are some examples, just a few, showing that God can use the sun, the moon, and the stars to serve as divine signs to humanity. And that is part of their purpose. However, when it comes to sinful human beings, and all human beings are sinful, humans in their sin will always distort or corrupt God's creation and God's design for creation. So this is what has happened throughout history. So in history, especially among the ancient peoples, there have been, there have been at least two sinful things that have been done regarding the sun, the moon, the stars in, in the past. One 
ancient peoples and, and even some modern peoples, believe it or not, but one thing that they've done is they've associated the sun, the moon, the planets, and the stars with gods. It's really, and what Bible reveals, really with demonic, demonic entities that they worshipped as gods. So there would be a moon god, a sun god, a god of Jupiter, a god of Saturn and Mars, and all these different things that they would associate and, uh, and, and believe were associated with the gods. So for example, just to see this in scripture, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 19, God gives a warning to his people because of what all the peoples of the earth do. And he says in verse 19, And beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, and be drawn away and worship them and serve them, those which the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. So this is an example where people were doing this, and so Israel was commanded not to do this. All right, second thing that they would do related to this is the ancient peoples and even some modern people, they would religiously observe and calculate the movement of the sun, the moon, the planets, and the stars, believing that their gods were constantly communicating that to them through these movements. So they, again, like if there were eclipses, if there were certain comets in the sky, certain planetary alignments, those things were constantly being interpreted as some sign from the gods that can determine the future or, or tell you what would happen in the future. Now, here's the important thing to understand from a biblical perspective, and this is where, of course, the ancient people went wrong, is that there is only one God, our Trinitarian God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, three in one, and that Trinitarian God is the sole creator of the universe, and he is the sole determiner of the future. And he can, deter, he, he can predict the future, again, because he determines the future. He's the one that actually says, this is what I want to happen, therefore I can tell you what is going to happen, because I want it to happen, I'm going to make it happen. So only God has the ability to tell you the future, or anybody the future who he, who he chooses to tell. And, and here's the thing, if God wants to communicate to his people, if he does want to reveal the future or the significance of a, of a particular event, then God is the one to initiate that communication. He's the one. And in the past, he has spoken to people through prophets, and visions, which we'll talk about with Daniel chapter 2. And in today's world, I would argue there are no more prophets who are prophets like Daniel was or, or like Elijah or some of the Old Testament Moses. There are no longer any prophets like that today. And, and the reason being because now we have the Bible, which is the written record of God's word. And at least for the time being, there is nothing that we need to know that is not already in Scripture. So now, God communicates to us through, through Scripture. Now, in the future, in the time of the end, when the day of the Lord comes, there, there will be, there's a mention of two prophets, two prophets that will, that will come and minister. And so at that time, you'll have prophets again, but I would argue today we don't. But 
again, the thing to understand is that when God chooses to communicate or when God chooses to perform some, some sign in the heavens, he is the one to initiate that communication and he always communicated the meaning of that sign through his prophets. So it wasn't just up for people all over the world to try to guess what was going on. And uh, again, just to emphasize this, God reserves the right to reveal, to reveal the future when he wants and to whom he wants. God reserves that right. Now, with these things in mind, we can conclude, and I'm going to give you a scripture reference for this, but we can conclude that it is sinful for human beings to practice divination on their own. It is sinful. It is sinful for human beings to seek to know the future or some hidden truths through celestial signs or magical practices. And to demonstrate this, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy 18, and I'm going to read verses 9 to 22. So Deuteronomy 18, starting in verse 9, it says, When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, you shall listen to him. This is according to all that you asked of the Lord your God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, let me not see his great fire anymore, or I will die. The Lord said to me, they have spoken well, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. You may say in your heart, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? And here's the answer. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So as we see here, this is the divination, practicing magic, fortune telling is a sin. If God wants to communicate, he will communicate through his prophets and through his word. Now one thing to mention and you may not have talked to anybody who has experience with divination, but 
at some point you may, and this stuff is actually increasing in popularity in, in America. Um, I'm sure some of you have seen Netflix. There are shows on Netflix that are starting to celebrate witchcraft and sorcery of different types. And some people may even say, well, you know, that, that have had an experience with this. Well, my experience with this tells me that there was something supernatural going on. Or I talked to a, I talked to a fortune teller or a medium, and they knew things about me or my family that no human being could know. And they, and they, may, they may have an experience like that. Well, one thing I want to mention before we move to our video today is that there is a reality that some witchcraft and fortune telling is supernaturally empowered, but it's from demonic spirits and entities. For example, in Acts chapter 16, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you, but you can turn there if you want. Acts 16, verses 16 to 18, it says, and this is... Um, Luke is writing this when he was with Paul, and he says in verse 16, it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after, and this slave girl was following after Paul and us, and she kept crying out saying, these men are bondservants of the most high God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she continued to do this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. So this is one example where a fortune teller, in this case, the slave girl, actually had a demonic spirit of divination that was it's implied giving her a special ability to do, quote-unquote, fortune-telling. And so with this in mind, there is a reality that there are magicians and witches and spiritists that are out there who may have a similar spirit of divination. And if somebody were to go to them asking them for fortune-telling or, or whatnot, those demonic spirits can give that person knowledge that no human being would have, right? So you may think there's no way that this human being could, could know this about my family or about, about me, but the spirit does. The demons do. They, they know more about you, potentially, than a human being does. So they can, they can pass along to these people uh, hidden information or knowledge that, that, they, that no average human being would know. But one thing to keep in mind with this is that these demonic spirits, although they have supernatural knowledge, they do not have the ability to tell the future. Satan does not have the ability to tell the future because they're not God. They don't determine the future. They only know what they're told just like we only know about the future if, if we're told. So demons, these spirits, they cannot tell the future. They cannot predict the future. Only God can. And the problem with people that seek out these divination practices or they go to you know, mediums or, or spiritists or, or whatever they're called, sorcerers, fortune tellers, is that demons can use their supernatural knowledge to kind of make it seem like they know something and then can then lie, manipulate, 
cause fear because they don't really know the future, but they can, they can play on people's fears and emotions to, to manipulate them. And, and they can use their supernatural knowledge to make that convincing. But again, only God can tell you the future, whether that future is good or bad for somebody. All right, and then um, I'll just read one passage to kind of end this, and then in our last few minutes, we'll watch a video. Okay, so Jeremiah 10, verse 1 to 5. And this will just kind of summarize uh, and, and end on a, on a note of encouragement. So Jeremiah 10, verse 1 to 5, it begins, says, Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, Do not learn the way of the nations, and do not be terrified by the signs of heavens, although the nations are terrified by them. For the customs of the peoples are delusion. And this is speaking of their idols that they made because it is wood cut from the forest, the work of the hands of a craftsman with the cutting tool. They decorate it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers so that it will not totter. Like a scarecrow in a cucumber field are they, and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them, for they can do no harm, nor can they do any good. So there's no need to be afraid of divination, people that practice divination, false prophets. They cannot do anything that the Lord does not permit to be done. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the East Memorial Student Podcast. For more information and updates about East Memorial Student Ministries, please visit our website at eastmemorial.org. You can also follow us on our Instagram page titled EMBC Student.